about this. So the whole reason we started I Love was because we wanted to make $12,000 a year to pay for our mission trips. And we, go on, we went on ah. one trip a year and we bring our team with us. We're, doing, we're gonna do almost 4 million this year. I still call my customers. I still text with my customers. I still Facebook message with my customers and I'm still in my group of, on Facebook, the 13,000 group every single day Thanks for subscribing to the ZonCon podcast, the podcast all about Amazon conversations. These are the tips and tricks to become an Amazon millionaire. Here is your host, Andrew Erickson. He is all things Amazon, and so is this podcast. Let's have an Amazon conversation. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the ZonCon podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Dr. Travis Ziegler. Travis is an optometrist and he had an optometry business and sold it and went into e-com because it is an awesome place to be. Hey, Travis, thanks for being here. Andrew, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm excited about this story. You're a little bit of a legend in some spaces because <laughs> you probably don't know this, but Jana Hall, do you know Jana Hall personally? I don't think I do. So she's a big fan of yours and oh. she, okay. And so <laughs> it's a good story. It's a good story. She actually, for longtime listeners of the podcast, she used to co-host this with me. And Jana was actually the person who said, Hey, Andrew, we should start a podcast together. And I thought, Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Let's do it. She ended up dropping out of the podcast, but the first 10 episodes, her and I are co-hosting together. And she talked very highly of you. She said, there's this guy, this optometrist guy, who like <laughs> does online business stuff and he's just the nicest, most amazing, smartest guy I know and he's inspired me to do e-com stuff. So Travis, you don't even know, but you're having great influence all over the world. I need to know who this person is because <laughs> maybe I've met him in passing, but it's not top of mind right now. I can't think of who she is. So Jana, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's a chiropractor in Idaho in uh, okay. Coeur d'Alene. But anyways, so I've already heard nice things about you, Travis. And I'm excited today to hear a little bit of your origin story of like how you started in school and then, and then moved into the econ world. So uh, why don't you just take it away? So this, is, this can be a long-winded story. So feel free to pause me at any time and say, sure. hey, let's dive into something. So I'm, you know, I'm great at interrupting. So. <laughs> I, I never knew what I wanted to do. So when I went to Ohio State University, or excuse me, the Ohio State University, I actually did a, I was a biology major, chemistry minor, business minor. I think I threw in some like, what else, zoology in there. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And one day my mom's just like, why don't you go into optometry? My uncle was an optometrist in Columbus, Ohio, where Ohio State is. So started working for him, ended up going to optometry school, knew I wanted to go into health of some kind and went into optometry school, graduated from there in 2010. But my life was really transformed in 2006 and 2007. So I went on my first mission trip when I was a student in optometry school and we were in Ecuador. And in Ecuador, we were given eye exams to people that couldn't afford eye care, nor could they obtain it because there just weren't clinics around. So we'd take a group of like 20 students and this was like the first time I'd ever been out of the country. So I'm in Ecuador in the slums giving eye exams and there was one guy that came in with a, a bright red eye and he had glaucoma really bad in that eye, which is when your pressure is really high and it causes blindness. He was already blind, so we couldn't help that, but he was in a lot of pain because his pressure was like 120 or no, it was like 80 and your normal pressure is about 20. And what we did in, in office that day, so you can imagine like a balloon or like something that's rigid and you're putting pressure of 80 inside of it, pushing out and it should be 20. And so that pressure causes pain. And so we brought his pressure down. He was this hard nosed 80 year old farmer. So like, 
I didn't know if I was really affecting him. And when we brought his pressure down to normal range, he dropped on his knees, gave me a hug and started crying and saying, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, and that was the moment that I knew this is what I wanted to do for life. And so I knew I wanted to do this mission work for the rest of my life. I just didn't know how I was going to do it because, you know, you have to make a living while also doing this. So I graduated from optometry in 2010, worked for my uncle for about four, five years. And my wife graduated in 2011. She's also an optometrist. She worked for my uncle. We worked together, but separate in separate offices. And in 2013, I started getting this itch to do something more and didn't know what it was. And then in 2014, it came again and I was getting burnt out from optometry after only four years. And then finally in 2015, we pulled the trigger. We quit our job. We moved from Ohio to South Carolina to open up our own two practices. And, you know, we, we went all in, we started our own business and it was the entrepreneur itch. I'm sure some of your listeners know exactly what I'm saying. I'm sure you know what I'm saying. You're, you're a professional as well. You're an engineer by trade. And so we started doing this full-time optometry entrepreneurship, two practices. But the problem is I went from seeing five patients an hour at my uncle's practice to seeing one an hour at my new practice that we just started. So I was bored. And, you know, boredom, as any entrepreneur knows, shiny objects are everywhere. And this course came across my inbox called Amazing Selling Machine. And I joined the course. I think I was ASM four or five. I can never remember. And we joined it. And we went through that course and did it to a T. And we actually created a sunglass company out of that. And so we were a sunglass company for two years. And then we wanted to come out with a, a pediatric or a kid's practice when we moved to South Carolina but God had other plans and through geriatric status or elderly. And so we were seeing all these elderly people, which is a lot of dry eye, a lot of glaucoma. So we decided we were actually at a conference one day and there's a doctor up on stage getting drilled by this panel. And this doctor was a functional medicine doctor selling all these other products for people. And they said, why don't you just come out with your own products? You're the expert, be one. And so a light bulb just went off my, my head. So we were selling all these products like frames and omega-3s and eye drops and eyelid wipes and all these other things for eye care. And they weren't our brand. So we started going down everything that we sold and started coming out with our own brand of everything. Sunglasses, glasses, blue blockers, eyelid wipes, eyelid cleansers, face washes, everything that, that we were selling, we then started coming out with our own brands. So you're doing your own private label then at that point? Essentially, yes. And so and we're- Was that inspiration coming from ASM, the kind of the Amazon private label model, or is that inspiration coming from this conference hearing the, the expert just talk about like, or is it kind of maybe a kind of combination of both? It was. So the sunglass company was following ASM to a T. And then the dry eye company that we started creating, that was all from that conference and that guy just saying that it's that one moment. So everybody says like conferences are expensive. I look for one thing. That's it. When I get that one thing out of that yes. conference, I pretty much shut off. I'm like, I'm done with this conference. I got my one thing, it paid for everything. <laughs> that was that one thing that changed the whole trajectory of my life and our business because we started building an audience around dry eye. And then one day a patient came in and the product, we didn't have our first product yet, but we decided we wanted to create a dry eye brand. And so what we did is we started building an audience around dry eye. So we created the dry eye syndrome support community on Facebook. It's about 13,000 strong now, but Back then it was only, you know, 10. And one day, this is actually a patient in my office came to me and said, we didn't know a product that we wanted to come out with. And she said, this product just went from $30 a month to $300 a month. Can you make it? And I looked at it, had two ingredients in it. And I said, yeah, let's see if we can make it. So I started looking at manufacturers. And the key problem with this product is that 
when you make it, it's a chemical reaction that creates the product. It forms bleach and you have to get the bleach out of the product or make sure you create it without the bleach. And so all manufacturers pretty much have bleach in it. So we had to find a manufacturer that didn't do that. We finally found one. We were on the phone five days within that patient coming in with the CEO of this company. He'd never done private label before, but he'd be willing to do it. And we've grown with them and they've grown with us. So it's been a, it was a cool relationship that we built with them, but now we had our first product for dry eye and that's our main product that does 60% of our revenue. And we sell close to 250 to 300 a day of that product now. Oh, wow. Oh, that's an awesome story. I love that. And so we rewind a little bit on the story. So you worked for your uncle and then you went into your own practice and then do you still own or operate that practice or, or? So I skipped that part. So in 2017, we had our first child coming. And so we were like, we have to do something like we have two practices. We have an online business. The online business was doing at that time, 2.5 million a year. And so we're like, something has to give, we have to give up something. And so we looked at the financials of each thing and the stress of each of them. 95% of our stress was coming from our private practice and it was the lowest income. So it was just a no brainer to sell that. So we ended up selling that in June of 2017. And then we had our first child, our first son in November of 2017. And then we sold our second practice and went all in on this in January of 2018. And so we decided to go all in. In 2017, it was our best year ever. We did 2.5 million, like I just said earlier. And in January, we went all in and we didn't pay ourselves until then. And the reason we did that is because we had our optometry income and optometry income is great, even if, because we're business owners and we had the income from it. So we lived off that and it was great because it allowed us to really scale the business fast and do it part-time. But now we were getting able to do it full-time. And we actually did what you did is we, um, had our child and we took a year off and traveled the world and we did it with an infant though. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. How was that? <laughs> Whole different ball game, but it's like you have a sprint in the morning and then you have nap time. Then you have a sprint for lunch and then you have nap time and then you have a sprint in the evening <laughs> wow. to go explore. And so that was mostly like explore vacation rather than, than like, cause you, you talked about going down to Ecuador on a mission Yeah. So going back to the mission work, we actually didn't do mission work the first five years of our career. And I, man, thank you for digging this out. I forgot about this. So the whole reason we started I Love was because we wanted to make $12,000 a year to pay for our mission trips. And we we went on Uh, one mission trip a year and we bring our team with us. And so our team, that's a part of a benefit of working for us is we'll pay for you to go on these missions with us. Because once you've bought into the mission that we have around that, then you're, you're bought into our company and you'll want to grow it and see it succeed. And so to go to like one of our whys is to help the 1 billion people in this world. 1 billion people are blind due to lack of glasses, lack of glasses. You can go to the store and pick up some glasses or even reading glasses. They're blind due to lack of glasses. And so to put that into a little more context, a pair of reading glasses, we all need reading glasses eventually in our forties and fifties. It's just a natural part of our eye degrading. And it's not a disease, it's nothing. It just naturally happens. But we can grab reading glasses at Walmart, put them on and see. But in third world countries, they don't know what reading glasses are. They think they're going blind, but then you throw a pair of readers on them and they break down in tears because they can see again. So like a fisherman cannot fish his hook anymore. So he loses his job and then becomes a beggar on the street. And these people are only making one to $2,000 a year, maybe. And so that's like, that's a good living for them. And so they lose their job, become a beggar, make a lot less. You give them a pair of reading glasses, they can go become a functioning member of society again. 
Oh, they're blind. They're functionally blind because they don't functionally have functionally blind. Oh, yeah. okay. I was thinking like, how does that like, I'm thinking your eye gets screwed up for not having glasses, but no. oh, wow. Wow. So just as an example, how much would one of these pair of glasses cost? I guess or like a reading pair of glasses bought in bulk so, to these kind of people. Yeah. So you have a bunch of Amazon sellers that listen to this. We could get them in China for five cents for a very cheap pair for a good pair, a dollar or two. Wow. It's, it's, it's crazy the price that we can pay to help somebody pretty much become a functioning member of society again. It's pretty amazing. Wow. So you're a for-profit company, right? Yes. Yes. But you do have a mission, a charity mission component to that. And you said, I think you have some tie-in, right, of a yeah. percentage goes to charity? Yeah. So I Love is a for-profit company. And our mission in I Love and our brand name is Hydrate. Our mission there is to heal 1 million dry eye sufferers naturally. So we teach functional medicine in that, but then we have products that are very natural. And so we'll probably get into products a little bit more here in a little bit. Then we donate a portion of those profits, not even a portion of the profits. We actually donate a portion of the revenue over to a charity that we started. And then the mission of the charity is to help the 1 billion blind that are blind due to preventable causes like needing glasses, if that makes sense. Wow. That's awesome. I love that. And so if people wanted to help that cause, obviously we could support your brand, but is there another way to support that cause? Yeah. So I love cares, not the letter I, but I like the eyeball. I love cares.org is our charity website. You can donate right there on the site. I don't know how well that works because that's just kind of a site (laughs) we threw up one day, but if you want to donate, just reach out to me and then we can make it happen or better yet, come on a mission trip with us. Hey, nice. That's cool. Travis, I love that. And I, you know, it's one thing that's kind of fun. We, we talk about a lot of the stuff that we talk about in business. We talk about having a mission and a vision and a plan. And I think it's important for every single business to have that, to have a vision. A lot of those visions are selfish in the sense that we need to take care of ourselves first, you know, ourselves and our family first. But a lot of people have a vision to, to help the world as well. And so I love the fact that you have that vision. And I'm curious, okay, so now that you have this vision, you have this, you have this mission, right? Literally a mission, a religious mm-hmm. mission in your case, right? Has that mission affected your business? Oh man, it's the driver of everything. And so when the day comes when Amazon suspends your product, if you don't have a why, if your why is just that you're trying to make a lot of money, it will be hard to get through that suspension to think of the bigger purpose. And I say that because I've had 15 product suspensions in the last three months and they've come at us hard and they've attacked us. And it was a good learning experience too, because Amazon has taught us what exactly they need from all our products. And so we had it on most of them, but some we don't. And so some were down for a long period of time, but the why is what matters. And so when I get that testimonial for, I love example, if I get that testimonial of that dry eye sufferer that can now function in life because of our products, but not only our products, but our education, I actually take more pride in my education part of my business because we teach people how to functionally live better. We have a, a course called the Dry Eye Bootcamp Challenge. It's an eight-week masterclass. It's absolutely free. And we teach people functional medicine. We replace their breakfast with a green smoothie. We teach them how to drink more water. We teach them what not to eat. We teach them how to exercise. And it's all like your listeners are probably like, yeah, that sounds pretty easy, but it's not. I mean, look at the obesity rate in the United States, the diabetic rate the dry eye rate, there's 40 million dry eye sufferers just in the United States alone. And people need to be educated on this because the government has misinformed them and the pharmaceutical companies and Monsanto, they've misinformed them for so long. Now you're getting me on my health kick, 
but I'll try not to go too much on a soapbox, but they've been miseducated by all these brands and the, the dairy industry and the meat industry, like all this bad stuff is good for you and it's caused all this disease. And so we're trying to reverse it. And there's other doctors out there that are doing the same thing. There's Dr. Mercola, there's Dr. Axe. These are all big names in this space. Google actually put a slap on them. They were getting millions and millions of views on YouTube and Google hits a day and they all got slapped and their organic traffic went from like hundred million a month to like 1 million a month. And it's all like this conspiracy theory of it's coming back from the pharmaceutical companies, the dairy companies, the meat companies, getting the government involved, which is getting Google involved. So that's conspiracy theory. But you know, (sighs) when you look at their, their numbers, it's, it's crazy. And so we're trying to, you know, get more awareness around functional medicine and just going back to natural living, organic foods and everything. So that's what I'm more passionate about is teaching people that than selling them my products. But as an aside, here's our products that are natural to help you out. And so we come out with face washes and eyelid cleansers and face creams and eye creams that don't have toxic preservatives that aren't nasty for you. That just goes back to using natural products to heal your body naturally. Nice. Ah, I love that, Travis. That's so good. And so we actually talked about, I think on episode two, we talked to Paul Bristol, who actually is also in Titan. Also, Travis is in Titan as well as one of the mentors, Titan, the mastermind. But Paul Bristol also talks about doing mission work down in Africa with children and using part of his proceeds from his business. So if you guys want to hear a little bit different take on doing mission work with your brand, listen to that episode. I think it's episode two or three. It's one of the really early episodes. But Travis, I love that. Okay, so I, let's get tactical now. Mm-hmm. We're talking to someone who has six-figure, seven-figure business. So they're selling enough. They're making close to, you know, at least a part-time income, if not a more than full-time income in that range, right? Um, and they, or maybe they're beginning. They're just, they're starting their new brand, right? Getting into it. They're not an optometrist though. They do not have a medical degree or an optometry degree. Do you have any advice for these people who might want to include a charity mission in their brand? Just do it. I mean, do it. There you go. There, there's, <laughs> there's, there, you don't need to be an expert to be an expert and you don't need to have that doctorate degree or that engineering degree to be the expert. You just need to know more than the person that you're teaching. And that's, that's all it comes down to with being an expert. But when it comes to a charity component, find a charity you're passionate about and either get involved with it. Don't just donate money to it, get involved. Like we donate money to our own charity, but it's the mission work that we actually go on three times a year. We go to Latin America in the spring, a Caribbean Island in the summer, and then Jamaica every October. And that's every single year now. And we are there, we're on the ground, like doing the dirty work. We've done 13 missions now, and I love every second of it. My wife and I actually started specializing in school screenings on the missions. So we are actually out in the community. We're not even in the clinic anymore. We go out to the community, to the schools, and we do school screenings on every single child that we can in that area. I think when we were in Mexico last year, we did like 10,000 Mexican students. And it was an insane amount of screening. Like my eyes were crossed by the end of it, but it's so fulfilling. I don't think we did 10,000. I think we did like six or 5,000 or something crazy. It was still a lot for two people, but it was a lot of fun. And then we referred the ones that needed to go back to the clinic, back to the clinic and get glasses. So that was completely irrelevant from your question, but yeah, just get involved and get, get dirty, do it. It's a lot of fun. 
Awesome. Yeah, I love that. And they talked about this actually just yesterday, getting missions involved with with your brand. And there's one company I have not worked with it personally, but I've, I've heard good recommendations. It's B1G1.com. And it is a website that, or a company that, I guess a nonprofit, I'm not sure, that you can use their charity service to tie into your brand and that it kind of has branding and tells you exactly how to craft that message and how to build it into your brand and stuff like that. So if you are in a category, if you have a personal conviction or if you're in a category that would help with marketing, it can be a win-win. Obviously you can use marketing and charity at the same time, right? Look into that. So that is fantastic, Travis. I love that. I'll add a tactical element to this. We started the charity, of course, for the mission work. But the reason we, so we, what we were doing before the first two years of I Love is we were just donating to the organization that we go on mission trips with. And our accountants were just like, you need to form your own and put all the money towards your own. And so what we did is once you start making a certain amount, you'll want to start keeping that money yourself. So the charity is our money still. It's just now in a charity. And so we donate, I think we're going to get close to 60,000 this year to our charity. And then we don't have to deploy it. So that 60,000 we donated, we used to just give it away to somebody else. Now we still have control of that resource. And so an example of this would be, there was a virus outbreak, shockingly, but there's a viral outbreak for eyes in like Ecuador, not Ecuador, it was in like Guatemala. And so our hydrate lid lash cleanser kills viruses. And so what we did is we shipped down tons of cases down there to help control the outbreak. And so we can do that with the charity money when we have control of it. Peru trip recently needed sunglasses. So we bought 2000 sunglasses, shipped them down to Peru for this mission trip. And so we have control of the money now that we started our own charity, but you don't need to start your own charity, but it's a good way to get the tax break of charity, but then still control the money. Then the money in the charity has to go towards different charity elements, whatever your charity's founded upon. Wow. That's super cool. So that is some aspiration there. If you are looking to drive, have a charity component, building your own charity. First, I would suggest just connecting with another company and just donating to that company first, just because it's easier. But there you go. That's some aspirational goals there to build your own charity. Awesome, Travis. Well, so I love asking everyone the same three questions. And I think I already know a little bit of your answer on what is your big why why does Travis do these things? You used to be an optometrist. You're still an optometrist, really, but you used to be a practicing A or B optometrist, right? So what is, I guess you've told us a little bit, but maybe hit home again. What is your big why? Why is it you work so hard and you went into e-com versus just doing the standard kind of practice, regular optometry income? So one of the main reasons we went into I Love full-time and not staying in practice is service. I've always realized that when I am the least happy and when I see people that are the unhappiest is when they're not serving somebody else and they're only worried about themselves. And so my big why, every single one of them, I have three whys in all three of my businesses, including my charity. And it all goes back to serving somebody else. And if you focus on service, then the growth will come, the finances will come, everything else will come. But when you're focused on, I want to make $1 million a year, that's all about yourself. You're never going to be happy even when you hit a million dollars. But our focus, like for I Love, is I want to serve 1 million dry eye sufferers and heal them naturally. And even when I hit 1 million, then I want to hit 10 million. Because seeing those testimonials of people's lives that we've changed, we're not just treating dry eye here. We're treating high blood pressure, diabetes, and we're getting people back in shape. And so getting those testimonials back are my big why and the service side of things is my big why. And that's what always kind of keeps me going is 
what can I do today to serve you, Andrew, or serve somebody else in Titan, our mastermind, or to serve somebody in my agency or serve somebody in I love. There's always the service component. And if you look at all my missions, they're all service-based. So, you know, the, the charity is we want to end the 1 billion blind due to lack of glasses. And in our I love it's we want to heal 1 million dry sufferers naturally. So it's all about them. And then we can break down everything from there on out. So right now we're at about 75,000 served for the dry eye sufferers, but it's not even 10% of the way. So, and it's still so much fun. And so that's, that's our big why. Oh, I love that. That's a good why. The next question we have in our standard three questions is what is one piece of media podcast or a book that you found inspirational recently? So I'm obsessed with reading, but I'm very different reader than most people. Most people say, I read a book a week or I read a book a day. (laughs) That's great. If you can retain all that knowledge, I am more of a deep dive. So if I find a good book, I'm going to read it every single year because you're always going to learn something new from it. And one of the biggest books at the beginning of my journey that changed a lot for me is Traction by Gino Wickman. And that's going to help you find your why, but it's also going to help you put systems into place. I still use a daily measurables a weekly measurables and a quarterly measurable sheet. We use it every day in our business, in all of the businesses. And it came from Gino Wickman's Traction. And I literally got so many action items out of that book that that is probably one of my favorite books of all time. And I still read it every year because you will always pull out something new every time you read a book. And so I would say to your listeners, like, don't read a million books, read 12 books over and over and over time. So Right now in December and January, I go back to my library and look at all the books and I pick out my favorites and I read Traction almost every year. Oh, I love that. I love Traction and I love the fact that you read it over and over again. I need to hear the other books that you read over and over again. So Ready, Fire, Aim by Michael okay. Masterson's another one. All right. um, Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. I can't say the one I'm reading right now because I just, I just can't <laughs> recommend it. There's a reason for that. I could tell you off air. and then double double by cameron harold's another good one oh i haven't Um, heard of that one scale by jeff hoffman let's see i think that concludes my list (laughs) oh those are good i've never heard of double double so i i've read most of the books you just said but that's good all right good you've given me some homework all right travis what is one actionable thing that amazon sellers can do today All right, so we didn't get much into this, which is good because I can go off on a rain on this. The one thing that you can do as an Amazon seller today is build your audience that you serve. So we talked about service this whole episode and you have to build an audience. No matter what you do in this world, business is relationships. And this is gonna sound crazy, but like we're gonna do almost 4 million this year. I still call my customers. I still text with my customers. I still Facebook message with my customers. And I'm still in my group on Facebook, the 13,000 group, every single day interacting with my customers. I still respond to comments from our Facebook page just because I still like to be in that, that area just a little bit. We have somebody that helps us with it, but you have to respond to your customers and get in touch with them, call them. You'll never learn more than by just calling your customers up and seeing how you can help them. Most of the time I call my customers up and I'll say, hey, it's Dr. Travis Ziegler, the CEO of I Love." They don't believe I'm calling them number one. And I'm just calling to say thank you for being such a great customer. And I wanted to know if there's anything else I could help you with. And that's it. And usually they say no. And that's the end of the conversation. Eight out of 10 times I get a voicemail and they get a voicemail from me. But just serve your customer and build your audience because 
the audience is what will take you to the next level. So build your audience. Perfect. I love that. All right, Travis, thank you so much. I love the mission. I love the vision. I'm already hooked. I want to do it with you. So <laughs> I love I love that you, it's all very clear and concise. And I think a big takeaway from this, for me at least, is that having clear missions and clear visions are really, really important. Especially, I love the fact that you picked Traction as your main book, because that book actually talks about how you start vision and mission first, and then everything flows from that. And of course, there's tactical things too in that book. But Travis, I love, love this interview. And we're gonna have you come on later and tell us all about PPC. So Travis, thank you so much for being here. All right, thanks for having me.